Hi there, professionals. Thanks for joining me on my new exciting podcast series, Industry Insights with me, DPDS. This series will take a look at stories from entertainment industry professionals from all sectors of the industry. It will be compiled with various levels of experience and will really indulge in a journey of their careers and utilize their stories and experience to help influence current professionals in the industry or total newcomers wanting to get into the industry. If you are new here, thanks for joining us. I'm grateful to have you listening. If you enjoy the episode, please consider subscribing connect our community across social media for those that have been here before welcome back here's what we've got in store for you today well hello hello good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you may be in the world and welcome back to industry insights with me dpds i'm excited for you to join me again today as we speak to another entertainment industry professional uh, and find out some more interesting insights and stories and experience and i'm delighted to welcome to the show my next guest on the podcast uh he is a dancer singer actor and he's also just added another great achievement to his uh, resume uh, he is a cruise director uh, so please welcome welcome to the show ryan rose hello how you doing how's it going i'm good how are you i am fantastic i'm i'm super excited uh to be here and you know to experience this new journey with you it's pretty awesome yeah thanks for being a guest i'm really excited to share your story and all of your experience uh you've been in the the business a long time um not saying that you're old <laughs> but we, you've got some great experience um and where are you currently right now in the world um as of now i am in rochester new york that's where i was born and raised uh, my family's here so i like to um come here on my downtime and just kind of catch up with the family because I'm away from them quite a bit. So, And how's like, the weather there today? It is actually cold and snowy. Cold oh, and you, snowy. You do have the snow. We do, yeah. Amazing. It's the first, you, it's the first snowfall, though, so it's not hasn't been too wild yet this winter. So we're waiting for the big, um, the big one to come, right? Did you build a snowman? I did not. <laughs> I want to go sledding, this- though. I do. Nice. Well, there's still time. Well, thank you for joining me. Like I say, um, I've been talking with many uh, industry professionals from different sectors, really giving some insights to either new professionals into the industry um, or current professionals really looking to either keep growing or learn and just, you know, be inspired and listen to people's stories. So I'm going to dive right in there. I'm going to start with you. I kind of already outlined what you do as a profession, but if you can just, in your own words, tell us what your, you know, your current job role is, you know, pre-COVID, obviously with in the entertainment industry and what sector that falls in um, and then we'll go back and, and have a look at your career well yeah currently i am a um a cruise director and um it's something i never thought i'd be doing in my entire life but is absolutely something that i've um i've fallen in love with you know it incorporates everything i think that i trained for and and worked so hard at achieving it's all put to the test um and this one, uh, this one job, which is really, really fantastic, ended up. Um, what, what does that job entail? If someone's completely new, doesn't know what a cruise director does, what, what is that? Well, a cruise director is pretty much the face of the ship. He's the representative. He or she is the representative of the ship. He's um, there to um, keep the guests informed, keep them entertained, and just keep the excitement going, no matter what's going on throughout the day. That's like the one person, like that safe person they can see and they will always recognize. So from the first day they get on board, that's pretty much the first person they're going to see and then um, see them throughout the uh, throughout their vacation. So they really just become very familiarized with this person and they're, they're like that go-to person, you know, so... Mm-hmm. And so you're you're currently working in the the cruise industry uh, sector of the entertainment business. I am, yes, yes. And I, okay. by far, I like I said before, I never thought that I would, uh, I would, I would be there. But that's where I am, and I absolutely, I love it. And I that's re- great. I didn't realize it until you know COVID struck, and then I wasn't doing it. You know. Right. It's made everyone really, really appreciate, you know, what they had before and what our passion and love was. So the cruise director, uh, like say you can be doing it, you're hosting events, you're in- making sure there's fun and activities as well as, you know, managing a team um, and providing, you know, entertainment, like say the face uh, of that entertainment for, for all those guests. And I think a ship, if you're new to ships and you're not uh, understand how it works, it can be up to, you know, four or 5,000 guests 
uh, on an average sailing. So you're really touching and communicating with a, a large group of people. Right. And it's, um, it's really, it's just really important to, um, to just try to speak and communicate with everyone that you see, you know what I mean? No matter what, like there's no, nothing is more important than saying hello to someone. Like you walk by them, you say hello, you know what I mean? You, you just make everybody feel really special when you do that, you know? And like I said, it, it's, it's such a different experience for me because it's, it is taking everything that I have done in the past and combining it into this one, this one, uh, this one job, like I said, and it's just, yeah, understand. So thinking about where you've got to, so that's what you're currently doing, where you're at. You've, you've reached this milestone in your career of being a, a cruise director. So going back to the beginning, so you're starting out in the ent- entertainment industry. Um, let's go back there and talk to me a little bit about, you know, um, your education and training, um, whether that was in the arts or not, and then how you uh, begun your journey in the industry and what you've done leading up to this point well um we're gonna go way back all the way back all the way back you can, you can <laughs> I, remember that far back it's fine. i can because you know I, it's um i'm pretty proud of, of the journey as i look at it today you know it's um it was a long one but it was so well worth it i started when i was about um when i was about i'd say probably eight or about eight eight years old I really wanted to, um, I knew I wanted to entertain. I didn't know what really that meant, but I knew that like I wanted to be seen, right? Um, so anything that involved it, like my, my parents were really great too. They would always take us to like really, like the ice capades or things like that or different events. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and I would always see like the lights and things like that. And that those things would just, um, they would do something to me. I, I, I'd get, I had some, I had a feeling or something, you know what I mean? Like it just, um, I knew yeah. it was something that, um, I had to do, but I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. And I was that kid. I literally wanted to do every single thing. Like I saw a city bus and I was like, I want to drive a limo because they're long and big. And you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to do everything, you know, like I, I, when I learned to write cursive, the only thing I could write was Ben. So I wanted to change my name to Ben because that was the only thing I could write. And I, <laughs> I didn't think I could write anything else, you know, but, um, so, and it's funny because like I said, we would go to the ice capades and things like that. I started out as a um, as a figure skater, yeah. And so I I um I wanted to skate, I would go skating like on the weekends and things. And then I would convince my parents to um let me join the figure skating club. So I joined the club, and it was you know that was quite the experience, quite a quite a bit of training. Um, and how and how old were you when you you joined this? I was nine. Okay. I was nine, and um, I I I joined and. I didn't realize what it all entailed. You know what I mean? Like I thought it was just like, okay, I'm going to skate and there'll be shows and lights. And, you know, I didn't realize that I had to be up at five 30 in the morning to go and do like patch and, you know, like, and then train after school. And, you know, that's a lot. it was, it was a lot. And then it's a very um, competitive field, competitive sport. And not, on, not only on the ice, but just in general, like it's, it's, um, that everyone's everyone's biting to be a champion right to be a winner and so like the this the environment for me wasn't very like conducive like the energy that everyone was just very like i, I would say not nice they weren't very nice <laughs> and, and and this and this is at nine years old right so how long were you in that environment for i literally um i did it probably until i was about maybe 10 but keep in mind you do it every single day right so right. um so. and i and i'm the type of person as well like and i knew this at a young age that if something, if I, if I didn't enjoy something or didn't um, give it my, my all, like I knew that it wasn't for me and I'm not the kind of person that will kind of give things a chance and try to see if it will work out. Um, Cause I felt, I felt like, you know, it's my time, it's my parents' money. It's, it's a huge yeah. commitment. If I'm going to commit myself fully to something like that, I have to absolutely love it. Right. So, um, it didn't wasn't really working out, and then I um I was like, well, I, I still need to perform. I want to do something. So like, I um in the meantime, then I started hanging out like at the local theaters and stuff, and um the arena, and like literally every show that came to the arena, I was like kind of like that fly on the wall in the arena. They kicked me out, and then they turn around again, and I was <laughs> still right back in the arena, like in a different spot. And I think they began to realize that you know this is probably this is okay. He's not causing any trouble. He just wants to 
be that sponge and absorb everything that he possibly can. Um, so then seeing some shows and things, I, I, I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'll try dancing, you know, dancing, dancing would be cool. So then, um, here in Rochester, we have, uh, Garth Fagan Dance Company, and Garth Fagan is the original choreographer for Lion King, and his company has been around for 50 years, based here in Rochester. Mm -hmm. And so I started to go, um, I went there and inquired about classes, and um, I ended up getting a scholarship, so every every Saturday morning before class, I'd have to come in and, like, you know, like, mop the floor and make sure the bathrooms were tidied up and all that stuff, and then I would take about, like, three hours of class. And I did that. So that, that, that was part of the, the deal for the scholarship, was it? You had to right. go and do these things? Right. Wow. And that's a lot, of, a lot of dance companies and a lot of places that do scholarships. They, um, depending on how their philosophy is and what their, how their, their vision is, um, uh, they have you do different tasks or tours, or, or tours, sorry. Like with Garth Hagen, his, um, his motto is discipline is freedom. Yeah, so... Yeah. And is that still current today? Do you know within the states if you have a scholarship, or or is that kind of moved on from those times? I think that it's still it's still in effect, but I'm sure it's been altered to some extent to cater to the generation nowadays. But uh, yeah. you, I, definitely, you have to do a little something to uh, to achieve that okay. and to keep it. Usually, to 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 get it, you either have like a little mini audition or you submit a reel or something like that, a video of you know of your performing or. Yeah. So this was uh, what? What age were you at this point? Um, I was like ten going, going ten going on eleven, ten going on eleven. Okay. And this um, was kind of a like a week on a weekend thing after school, yeah, like it was, uh, at the moment. It would be on the. It would be like on a Saturday. So I'd go on Saturday at nine at like nine a.m. and I'd be done at like twelve. Um, okay. And you know, and prior to all that, like I was just getting ready to go into, um, you know, getting ready to change schools. I just graduated. And, um, like I was getting ready to go to like like third grade fourth grade you know well not third grade fourth grade i'm sorry um like maybe like like sixth grade seventh sixth or seventh grade so i was moving. i mean it all sounds like grades to me i have no idea in the uk I'm like, I know, right, <laughs> right. our our schooling is so different like i'm like great okay great so i'm i'm envisioning you in becoming a teenager <laughs> right pretty much um so then at that point i, I was like oh well you know there's a we have a, an art school here an arts high school and so I, it's a, it's a local city school, so a public school. And so what I did was I, uh, I signed up for an audition and how it works here is that you have it, you can put it as your first choice, your second choice or your third choice, first choice, meaning that you absolutely love the arts. Second, uh, arts are okay. And third is like, I guess if I have to go here, I'll go here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can draw a little, or can, you know, so, but I put it as my first and I had my audition and then I, um, I got accepted. So at that point I was doing, I was dancing at school and doing my regular academics and also okay. then dancing at the studio on the weekend. And, um, it gets to be a lot. And then I, you know, I, at school, I met some great people, met some great friends and my best friend until this day, I met her and she danced at this, a studio here in Rochester as well, which is a, like a major competitive dance studio, little red dance studio. And like anybody who was anybody danced at Little Red Dance Studio, right? So I was like, well, I want to be part of that, you know? So I, I would kind of like hang out with her all everywhere she went and kind of things like that and go and see the recital. And then finally I built up enough uh, nerve to try to get my foot in the door there. And that actually ended up happening. So then I was going to school from 7 a.m. until 3, dancing and doing my academics, then I would go to the studio and dance from three until probably like ten thirty. Wow. During, yeah, and then on the weekends, you know, I'd go to Garth and dance um, from nine until twelve. You know, so very quickly I became really um, consumed in the dance world and and loved it. You know. So I think it's great, like the differences between, say, the UK and there. You have all of these um, studios that you can go to and, and train, uh, you know, without taking maybe a full time course. Do you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Instead of going for three years to study at musical theater, you it's kind of a natural progression. Yes, we have schools here, and people go on a weekend and stuff like that. But the you you touched on it, like competitive dance in the the states is a massive thing. Yeah, and it's um. A lot of people don't agree with competitive dance, but I think a lot of people are now starting to um, see what it has to offer. Nowadays, like 
these kids are getting like scholarships to colleges they're at they're getting they're getting um just recognition because a lot of these top choreographers that are out there um this the, the kids get like one-on-one interaction with them and then the teachers talk to those those choreographers and those choreographers end up coming to their studios like once a year to do master classes maybe choreograph solos or things like that so they're getting you're getting like a fast tra- fast pass into the dance industry you know what i mean and and it, so it kind of it kind of really works out and i think that if you look at the competition world for that as opposed to looking at it in, in a negative way like I'm, I'm really big on trying to always um stay positive because the negatives are the negatives are always there right they're 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 clear as day so like why don't we focus on the positive sometime you know so and that's yeah. what i mean i i you you show me uh the, the way that me and ryan know each other we actually work for the same company and i've had the pleasure of uh you know working with him and managing him and, and being a partnership um, and he got to show me some of these uh competitions and the talent the level of talent uh, i mean at such a young age i think I even saw like, you know, seven, eight year olds doing some amazing things mm-hmm. that I could never even, even do as a, a professional adult, uh, I think is insane. And yeah, there's always debate on, on about it, but I think it's uh, a great, and like you say, a great solid foundation for, uh, for dancers in the States. Right. And, and the biggest, I think the biggest, um, gripe that people have is that, you know, back in the day you had a competition, you had first, second and third, and that was that, you know what I mean? Where now is like, if you enter everyone, everyone does win to an extent or they get rewarded something. And I think that people need to look at the bigger picture because, and nowadays where our generation is, everyone wants a little bit of acknowledgement for, for their hard work. And I think it's only fair that that happens. But also if you look at it as well, you see where the people that are truly, truly committed, how there's a difference between how they're being rewarded or compensated or, or things like that. But you know, we like to put up our blinders and we don't really look at the whole picture. So a lot of times we look at, you know, how it's affecting just, right. you know. So you you did that. that. That's kind of what you were experiencing in your teens. Uh, what happened then when you finished school? Did you go to college, university? And explain how that works in the States of how what what your next progression was. That's funny. So I, um, I, was, I graduated high school and... Like during my senior year, I would I took a trip to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I auditioned for University of the Arts, which is a um, it's a performing arts university in Philadelphia. Um, so I went and I auditioned for that, and then about a week later, Sesame Street Live, which is a touring Sesame, live Sesame Street show, was playing here at the at the arena. And as I said before, I like to hang out at the arena and like kind of just see the shows that come in and like get to talk to people and pick their brains and kind of, you know, just be a part of it. And so I auditioned for the show, like in between shows, I think they had a three show Saturday. And so in between the first and second show, the performance director, um, you know, scheduled me an audition. I came in, I auditioned and uh, it went really, really well. And then I left and I was like, okay, well, there that is. And then lo and behold, the next in the next couple of days, I got a call from University of the Arts offering me a full scholarship, like full dance scholarship for, oh, right, for school. And I was like, um, yes, I'll do it. I'll take it. And then two days after that, Sesame Street Live called and said, hey, we want to offer you a position on the upcoming tour. You know, you'd leave in about three weeks. You'd be coming out as a replacement. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm so torn. And I actually... I actually turned it down. I said, no, you know, I just got accepted to see University of the Arts. I want to continue my schooling and, you know, and see where that takes me. Um, and so then I, I was just like, wait a minute. Like I couldn't, my, my, um, something inside of me was just told me like, oh, I don't know if that's really a good idea because I think I, I had trained and I was so focused for so long with schooling and, and that whole regiment and, being that disciplined and I, I just didn't I didn't know for myself if, if I would be if I had it in me to be that focused again mm-hmm. on that on this mm-hmm. next level because this level was even higher right but it was it was and it's adding in all these different elements I'm away from home like I just and I just didn't want to like I didn't want to ruin a good thing you know what I mean by having a scholarship maybe being taken away or who knows right you know so I so did you change you changed your mind so again I changed, I changed well, my did- mind again and I, um, <laughs> I turned down the scholarship and I called them back at Sesame Street 
and said, you know what, I thought about it again. And if there is anything available, I would love to take the position. So I was um, casted as Bert <laughs> in Sesame Street Amazing. Live. Yeah. And back then, Sesame Street Live was Actors' Equity. So that's how I got my equity card. So the day mm-hmm. that I turned 18 is the day that I left for tour. And that's when I got my first equity card. And yeah. Just j- just asking there a question. So obviously we have equity here in the UK uh, and you can sign up and register. It's a, it's a little bit different in the, the States. Are you able to just explain a little bit about that uh, before we move on to the rest of your career, the equity card um, and what that brings for performers in the US? So Actors Equity Association is an actors union. Um, that supports actors, singers, and dancers, um, and ju- just in, in guiding them and being there to support them th- throughout any productions that they do. There are certain guidelines and rules and things that we have to abide by or that have to be done and set for us, and that is just a union that's there to um, to protect us. And also in that union, you you have Actors Fund and, and different types of little sub-organizations that, that help support actors or dancers or singers. So if, for instance, if a show closed or you were out of work and you needed some assistance, you could, you could qualify for assistance through like the actors fund by being a part of the union. And that the way that works is that every member you pay your initial um, initiation fee. I believe now it's like maybe 1200 to join back then it was like about 700. Um, mm-hmm. But in every, every month, I'm sorry. Twice a year, you pay um, you pay your dues, and those are that's just like a fee that you pay to Actors Equity. But imagine thousands and thousands and thousands of members all paying those dues. That pot of that pot of funds goes to be able to help you, and like in a situation where you would need assistance. So most shows that you would see, and most of your Broadway shows, your touring shows, are Actors Equity shows. Um, and you have to be a part of the union to join them. Now, there are shows that are non-equity as well, um, but with non-equity shows, like they can get away with a lot of things. Like you could do, you could do one-nighters, and you literally woke up, and went straight to the theater, and did a show. Whereas with equity, you'd have to have a day off before you can go. Right. Yeah, I think I think that was my understanding of, of what that actually helped and. Uh, gave you know performers a bit of uh, reassurance right. in the states of, of getting that equity contract of having some support um, and i know it's always when i've worked with american performers before it's, it's a real big thing that the uh, you know they want to try and get one of these contracts that they can get this well equity yeah card, yeah, yeah so. they're, they're huge and it's just that just have the support like for instance with sesame street which is what i started with you know i was just happy to be working and honestly though you know but like if you're playing an arena you know and if we played an arena where it wasn't hockey season and the ice wasn't down, so it wasn't cool, that turned into a big problem because for us, it had to be at least like 62 degrees because we're wearing right. these huge costumes and some arenas were like 70 degrees, you know what I mean? And so then, you know, people would kind of like throw a fit about it and, you know, you have to talk to your representative. That's usually you pick one cast member to be the deputy and that deputy would then call the representative in that city for actors equity and then that you know that person would come down check the temperature out in the arena and until it was fixed like okay. you couldn't do the show because equity was involved right so the same yeah. the same thing too cool. like also like if with a union if there's more say for instance if there's more cast members than there are in an audience due to the weather or something you won't have to do the show whereas like a non-union show you would still probably do the show so let's yeah. do the show Okay, cool. Um, thanks for that. I just wanted to quickly highlight that for any you know people listening in the UK, the differences maybe uh, in that. Um, so you did Sesame Street the tour. You've done. You've kind of done that. Uh, that was kind of your first uh, real paid job in the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you say yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. We did that, and then talk us through about your next experiences. Um, I did Sesame Street, and then we um, we were actually playing Toronto. We were in Toronto, and we had a day off, and a bunch of us went and saw Lion King because Lion King had just opened in Toronto. So we're there, we're sitting, we're watching the show. And in the program, if you flip through, there's a page that says, do you want to be part of the, part of the Lion King, part of the Pride Lands? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. So really? It, and so it, what it did, it just had like, what had just instructions on what they, were, what they wanted and what they were looking for. And they really just wanted you to submit a video reel. 
and drop it off at the Mervis Studios, which is there around the corner from the theater that the show was in. So I saw that, and I was like, at that point, you know, I think it was like year, maybe like four going on five that I've been doing Sesame, you know? So like, and that's a couple different shows because each year we do, each year there's a new show, but um, I was a little, I was a little muppet, I was kind of muppeted out, if that is a word. And so I kind of wanted to <laughs> muppet it out. I that's a word. A little change. Um, too, too many, many muppets. muppets. Yeah. And in my mind, like, I was like, okay, in my, how I envisioned the whole thing happening was like, I'm going to like, in between shows the next day, I'm going to film like a reel of me dancing, me singing. I'm going to go drop it off. And before we leave Toronto, they're going to hire me. And that's what I was like, that's what's going to happen. Like, lo and behold, that did not happen, but I did make the reel. <laughs> I did make the reel. I, I gave it to the guys there at, the, at Mervis Studios. And I went, um, and I went, I went back to finish the tour. Luckily it was at the end of the tour. So kind of heading um, towards the end of it. So at the end of it, I went home because I like to take breaks in between my jobs and, and I'll never forget it. It was actually on, uh, I'd say really like maybe September 3rd or 4th, I was called by the Mervis studios and they invited me up to Toronto to, um, to do the dance call made it through the dance call, then I, I sang, made it through the singer call, and they were like, okay, well, what are you doing after this? And I was like, uh, well, nothing. They're like, well, we want to present you to the New York team that are coming in a week as a um, as a Simba, Simba cover. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> no, I had like, no idea yeah. really what that, like, it was, like, <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't kind of believe it, just honestly, because, like, I primarily started as a dancer, and I can't, I can sing, you know, and like, but I wouldn't say like, I'm a singer. You know what I mean? Like if anything, I would know, I would always go to a dancer call because I know that I would get through the dancer call and be hurt and be hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, if I went to a singer call first, I wouldn't have that much confidence that I would be. So you were a, a little bit felt out at your depth well, at that well, time. Well, I did for, I just couldn't believe that it happened. I don't want to say I, 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 yeah, I guess I didn't see what they saw. Right. But cause I knew I killed it. Yeah, but you, but you, you had the skills. Obviously, they saw that in you, and they, they wanted to. That's great. I mean, I just to to hear the story of you were in the audience. You, I mean, I, I don't know if that would happen here. You read uh, the program, and there's like be in the show, and then you can be in. Yeah, I just it, think that's crazy. great. And then what it's, a story! I mean, if, if it does happen, like it, you don't really like. I was like, that doesn't happen to anybody. That's an outlier. You know what I mean? Like, you can't believe that that actually like happened. But and so yeah, they they, they um they kept me there i stayed i sang a couple of the uh the simba stuff simba track um and then they sent me home and then they're like well we'll give you a call back and we'll let you know when the new york team is here so then they called me back to go and do call me back once the new york team was in toronto i worked i had like like a work session with those guys and did like a lot of the simba stuff a lot of the simba scenes um and then again went home and then it was on September 11th, September 11th, when all the craziness happened in New York, that they called yeah. and offered me the role of uh, the Simba understudy and like the Dead Gazelle track. And if you're familiar with the Lion King, that track is the um, the gazelle that gets eaten during the lioness hunt when the lioness are out hunting for food. Um, Yes, I ha I have seen you uh, perform <laughs> the gazelle <Right>. number. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and what a day to get right. a call. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, with all that madness and sadness, uh, you know, that's you, something positive for you came out of it. That, that's just yeah, insane. It's, it's really, on that it day. Really wild. But um, I was so I was it was great. It was it was awesome. So I had like about a month to kind of get my life together, which really just consisted of suitcases because I had just gotten off tour. Um, and, I, and like I said, I was staying with my, my father when I was home. And then I um, went up to Toronto a couple of days before rehearsal started. Um, found like a temporary apartment. Went into rehearsal. Because the thing is, once you go into rehearsal, you're in it for for any production show or production contract. You're in it for at least a month. And during that month, you're in yeah. it. Like you're in it. We're usually rehearsals start in the, the morning. So they'll start at like 8 a.m. They'll finish around like five. They start so early mainly so that way you can use the props from the show. So they bring those props over to the rehearsal hall. 
And like, if you're, you know, just getting into the business as well, wherever you rehearse, they have, you know, they have your stage taped out for you in the, in the rehearsal studio. So it's the same stage that you right. But, you know, minus yeah. like the um, hydraulics or things like that, or, you know, giant, giant. And how did, how did you feel at this moment? Yes, you'd, you've done all of this, uh, you know, training as a dancer, you, and then you kind of went straight into uh, Sesame Street. Um, and then I suppose for, you know, some people like a West End show, a Broadway show is like a pinnacle of, uh, of your career. It's, you know, kind of what a lot of people aspire to do. All of a sudden you've been given this great opportunity and you arrive at the, the rehearsals for the first time. How did you feel? Were you entering like a new cast? Uh, were they already established? Some people that had been in the show for a while how is that feeling when you join a new company and well and a new luckily show? with us with, with this uh with this this go around it was a a huge huge turnover so the original cast the show had just been open probably just about just over a year and um most of the contracts were like six months for the ensemble um and a lot of people were um just not resigning or just or being transferred to a different company and a lot of people a lot of people just were kind of like just tired it's a really really tough show and the show is um the stage is is steel which is usually not ideal to dance on but in order for it to support all the heavy scenery and the elevators and things like that that move throughout the show it has to ha- had to be reinforced right so a lot of people's bodies yeah. um just couldn't really take it you know so luckily like it's sad for them but there were at least there were about maybe like 25 of us that were coming into the show and the show has a cast of 50 so yeah yeah i don't know if anyone's seen the lion king but it's a a massive production and yeah there's a lot of cast members and team that work on that show it's uh to watch it is just it it, it was it was it was the experience and to go back on what you said how did i feel you know i i um i still couldn't believe it like honestly like i'm i'm just a very um a very humble person and i think that I, I i'm that way because i know um it could be here today and gone tomorrow like look at the situation that we're in now you know what i mean so like i have to always i never yeah. forget where i come from i don't forget the road that i took to get where i, I am so i i never i didn't have that like kind of like diva attitude like yeah i cover some blah, blah blah like i don't i don't i don't i don't ever want to be that person you know because I, I just think it's, I think it's very yeah. unbecoming and I think it, it's just. So how did, how did you feel the first time that you had to cover Simba? Did that happen? Like um, talk about when you are covering or a swing role, how do, how does that work? Say, you know, um, if you're new to, to the arts and industry, if someone suddenly falls sick, yeah. say Simba, the lead um, gets sick. What's the process in a uh, swing then being well, able for to under, for, for myself, um, because I had a regular track in the show, I would always be in the show regardless. But like, for instance, if you were casted as a swing, um, there's about four male swings and about four female swings dancers. And then there's two male singer swings and two female singer swings. Now, each of those swings learns seven tracks. So they each know seven different tracks, like the vocals, the choreography, everything for these tracks. So for those guys, they, if people know it, if people call out of the show in advance, they know in the morning. Um, but for the swings, they could literally be down in the dressing room, like going over something or studying something and a dance number can happen. And literally in the middle of that dance number, they'll call them over the intercom, you know, such and such, please head to the gondola you'll be playing you'll be going on for such yeah. and such at this number so they give you the time frame that you have to get changed and get upstairs to get into that number and that like, that is like, insane right i think to 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 know yeah. that amount of roles um i mean for me i struggle right. to know my yeah. one role and get it and get it right and do the same thing every time so i think swings like I, maybe you'll agree with that they they, have they are to be amazing and just, I, there was a point like go. i used to get so I, I would get upset like oh if they were in the wrong spot or something like that and then i stepped back one day and i was like you know what like this is the hardest job on the face of the earth like literally like you could go in act one as one as one track and play act two another track or have a split track because the show had so many people in it and so many people would call out of the show for injury that literally you would have 
people splitting tracks throughout the show. So that means vocals as well. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, I, I give them all respect, but like for myself, yeah. I wouldn't, I would know, I would know in the morning, like cause Simba is big Simba comes in, in the second half. Right. So I, and I kind of yeah. gauged it. Like usually most principals in any production show, they don't really, they don't really like matinees too much. So I would always, I would always, right. Cause it's very, <laughs> I wonder why. So, and I, so I would yeah. always know like Friday nights. Okay. Friday night after the show, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to bed because I'm pretty sure like I'm going to get a call Saturday morning or like Sunday morning, you know? So, um, the first time going on, I was, I was really nervous. Cause I, I remember I was like, I'm a dancer. I don't really sing. And then, and it was just, it was just really nerve wracking. But it, um, as I kept, as I continued to do it and do it and do it, I got a lot stronger. And then a lot of the, um, the New York team would come down and they would do sessions as well during the day. Um, I think that's the one show that we rehearsed every single week. Like there's, um, cause there's just so much to cover. Like everybody had, everybody had, um, their regular track and they also had about 50, internal covers as well so what that means is like for instance there's shadow puppets that are, are projected onto uh, the backdrop and one person it has the light for the shadow puppet one person has simba's front legs one person has simba's back legs so you learn like each of those positions and then i may cover a giraffe or i may cover an antelope you know so you just learn all your tracks because you never know like yeah. those days when it's a split track show you could be doing your gazelle in the opening and go right to the scar flashlight. You know what I mean? So you kind of just have to. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a, a great show. And I mean, we could probably talk such a long time about the, the, the makeup of how that show uh, works and runs. So let's uh, move on. So I think that's a fantastic achievement that you did with the Lion King. And I know you speaking with you about it as a friend uh, as well. It's a highlight of your career. Uh, that which you really really enjoyed and then how long were you in that i was that, in that lion king for four? four years in toronto and i closed i closed the show and then I, I stayed in toronto just for a little bit um there were some other auditions happening hairspray was coming in next so i went in for hairspray quite a few times and i was also going in for hairspray in the states as well quite a few times um so i was kind of doing that and waiting to see what would happen and then ultimately that did not happen so I went back. <laughs> I went back home to Rochester, and that's when I went uh, back to Garth. But as an adult, and I um I joined the company. So I joined his company and danced with him for about about I'd say probably like two years, almost two years, and just I toured a bit with him and traveled and performed and you know did some of his like classic pieces and things like that. But then I got to I got to a point where I didn't want to a I didn't want to be um. I didn't want to be home and I didn't really enjoy the dance company uh, lifestyle. You know what I mean? And that just being like, I mean, yeah, dance companies are very different. They're very, they're very regimented, very, very, I don't just, just very different, you know? And again, it was a huge pay cut as well. And at that point in my career, my, my focus and my love wasn't in company work, you know? Um, and it's, and I, I, it's, it's easier too, I think for people that come into dance companies that are not from where the company is based, because then you have a, a much stronger connection with, with the company and their ways and their, you know, the way that they, they see things and value things. And whereas I had my entire family and everything, <laughs> you know what I mean? So Everything yeah, was here, so way different for me, uh-huh. you know. So I just uh, and I grew up and I grew up with all these people, like you know, they were like my role models when I was a kid, you know. Um, then to be dancing with them was pretty pretty awesome. But so I decided at that point that I was going to leave, and I um I decided to move to Vegas. Like I'm a big person and um believing in. I think a lot of people say like, oh well, you know, it's not where you move to. It's like it's it's you that you know that has to make it the decision for yourself and be happy and, and all that. And I think that's absolutely true. But I think that if you're in an environment that has energy around it, um, it's going to inspire you and motivate you a little bit more, you know? So you moved to the, the, the flashing, flashing lights, lights of Vegas. Vegas I was be a and, uh, 
You're right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so no, you were no, a showgirl no. in Vegas. I, um, and... <laughs> I, I got there and I just started to um, just started to audition. My friend Lily had moved there as well. So I had her there um, to kind of like hang out with and kind of like show me around and kind of help me get my foot in the door. And I would audition for a lot of the main shows on the strip. It's before, it's right when Cirque kind of started taking over the strip. Um, I went in for like the classic shows like Jubilee and things like that. And you had to be uh, tall for those shows because the girls were all tall, right? So I did some of that. I ended up, ended up mm-hmm. doing um, Show in the Sky at the Rio, which is one, a great a great show as well. It's in, it was in the center of the casino. And we did about seven shows a day. And it's a stage show. The stages would come up from the floor. And then also we had floats that like flew around the entire um, casino during the show. So guests could get on the floats as well. And it's kind of like a Mardi Gras theme and just like, it was, it was really fun. Um, How, how different is, um, you know, going from, you know, Toronto and New York Broadway kind of environment to Las Vegas, like production style shows, how different is it? Or is it a similar type of entertainment? It's just a different audience, a different kind of presentation. What would you say is the, the difference? It's kind of similar, but you, uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the audiences. The audiences are kind of all over. It's not like they're focused and they're there to see it like it's a free show so like you know you get a lot of people that are just walking by you get a lot you have people at the slot machines that are playing playing the slots you know so um it's, right. a, it's a it's a bit of a change but i think that very very a very different, different environment um, right? and too even down to like the, the the people you work with you know they um everyone's discipline is different everyone's everyone's focus and everyone's purpose for being there is different right so you know, a lot of a lot of them have been. It's it's just it's just. Yeah. I think that's where you have to start to really like. I always say know your worth and kind of like, soul search a little bit. You know what I mean? I I don't think that I think you have to know, the direction you want to go in, but I don't think you have to, have a finalized copy of what it is you're going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I think, you know, uh, different opportunities can always present themselves and take you somewhere else. You may think you're going, then right. you're like, oh, uh, now this has happened, or I think it's ever-changing. So I kind of don't want to run out of too much time because I want to ask you some other questions because you've had such a, a great career and such, so much experience, you know, from dancing all the way through, which kind of I want to touch on a bit. How did you suddenly fall into the role that you're in now? Um, can you um, talk a little bit about that? Well, I just, after I finished doing, uh, I did Wicked the Musical for a while, for, uh, well, seven years, <laughs> seven years. And then after that, I uh, yeah. went back, I came back home. I was teaching a bit. And, then, and throughout those times, throughout that, that gap between Vegas and everything else, I ended up in St. Louis, ended up in some different places and just really began teaching quite a bit. And then I ended up back home in Rochester again. Um, and I was teaching and I was just very, um, just, I was, I was, I wasn't happy, as I said before, like I couldn't be here. Like I didn't feel like the city had enough to fuel me. You know what I mean? Where I didn't have to settle or just adapt to it. I wanted to be able to be motivated and, and, and pushed. And um... and that can be a difficult thing for people in the entertainment industry, right? The the city you're you know necessarily born you're born in right. doesn't necessarily have, you know, lots of arts or shows and it's you know it is kind of sometimes in the capitals of countries or places where there's a lot of tourism and things like that so a lot of performers do end up moving and traveling you know the world or living in different countries or different cities uh to be able to yeah and the thing is you do what they love you don't have to do it but the thing is i think if you want to be successful it definitely helps and uh, but the hardest thing is to is to um follow your heart because when you when you break that to to my parents were very very supportive so they were there but even to like friends and and, and the other family and things like that you know a lot of a lot of people don't understand that a lot of people don't understand the life of a performer or entertainer um i mean we have to continue we constantly we're constantly giving and giving and giving so i think that we want to be somewhere that kind of gives us energy to be able to continue to give you know so um yeah so like I said, I was here. I realized I didn't want to. I didn't want to be here, and I was like, "What am I gonna do?" I don't know. Like, 
um, and throughout that whole journey as well, I, I auditioned for Holland America, oh, a different cruise company. <laughs> and uh, I, um, yeah, I auditioned for a different cruise company and um, I was hired. So I went to the rehearsal process and this was right after Lion King. I got it. And like, we were, we were, we were like learning like four shows in like two weeks. And I was like, Whoa, this is a lot, <laughs> you know? And so I was like, uh, and I yeah. just wasn't retaining the, like I wasn't retaining the information. Like I just like, I don't think I was like, I just, my brain was tired or something. So I ended up not, I ended up not even finishing rehearsal. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I came home and then I was, um, like, okay, what am I going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to work. I'm going to, I'm going to try ships again. I'm going to try ships. So what I did is I, I went online and I found a company that was hiring. And what I did was I applied for, um, entertainment staff. It was entertainment host DJ is what I applied for now. And I, I don't know. Part of me figured like, yeah. Oh, I was like, Oh, I'm looking at all these other entertainment staff positions this seems like a really, really highly sought after spot. This DJ thing, I don't know if everybody did. I don't know. So I just, I applied for that. I, what I did is I did a video submission on a Wednesday morning. No, no, no. Sorry. Wednesday morning, I sent my information in. You know, hello, my name's Ryan Rose, all this stuff. And then that afternoon, I got sent an invite for a video interview. Yeah, yeah, I did. So I did that. Oh, so fast, and then that great. following morning, I was offered a position as host DJ. So as an, as an entertainment host DJ. So um, it happened really, really quick. But, it, you know, it happened quick. But then I had to do, like, my my medical and all those things. And, and you know, so that, that was quite – that was a process. But just to highlight, if you, you know, you do are lucky enough to work on a ship – um, you, uh, one of the things that you will need to do is pass the company's medical. Uh, and normally these um, last for two years and you have a medical and you always sign on with that. Um, so if you are thinking about ships, that's something that yeah. um, you and would you need to do as to well. Be, uh, super healthy and they just want to make sure that everything is good. Or everything's great for you when you get on board. And then, um, yeah, so I think I did that. And so here I am. I, like, as soon as I got the offer, I knew I had a while to wait. I um, I downloaded like dj uh dj apps and stuff and i just started like literally in my room djing like playing music mixing beats per minute and the kind of like so i kind of somewhat had like an idea what was going on when i got on board and then uh i got on board and i just i i i hit the ground running and like in my in that position you do a lot of uh you do a lot of hosting of events as well so like which i i enjoy like i just i didn't i love being around people and i and how was that tra transition for you then? So you'd, you know, you've been dancing your whole life. You've been on the stage, um, and now your new role is, you know, you're entertaining in a different format. You know, you're hosting events, you're meeting people, you're creating events. Um, I think how, for me, how was that it, transition? Um, I was definitely nervous because I, you know, by by being on stage, you have that that third wall, and you know, it's not, it's it's just not. You're not so like in up close and personal, right? Um, where with this, it, it kind of, I think it helped me solidify who I am, you know? Because like you have, you, or just to really yeah. trust and know and believe in myself because before there was such a, such a, like a, a divide, you know what I mean? Between you and the audience or you and your, and your, whoever you were, you're talking to, right? Um, so it just made me, it made me become more um i, I would say i don't want to say even more humble because humble is not the right word but it made me it made me just become more um involved and more focused on my 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 craft right. my, my my um yeah, it's, I suppose it's pleasing and being personal in a different way, right? So when you do a show, you've got all this accolade because they've come to watch you. Whereas this is a slightly different way of entertaining. You're making memories and experiences yeah, and, and, and connecting with people um, and, and using those skills, right, that you've, you've had on stage and making them transferable now into right, and, a and, different and just, type of like entertainment. You, like, yeah, and just being able to... Uh... Being able to see someone like, and you, because you know, you see the guests depending on how long your 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 cruise is, you see them every day, you know, and just to be able to um, 
start to remember faces when people come back and repeat it cruise again or and just to even like you don't realize like even just saying that that simple hello or or what or anything is something that makes a difference to these people like and and to be able to like I think truly find yourself as a performer and as an entertainer. I think you have to kind of, you have to put yourself in all different types of situations. You know what I mean? Not just that those on the stage, not just, I mean, yeah. like if you, if there's something you want to do, I, I always say do it. If you absolutely love it, if your heart's telling you to do it, do it. You know what I mean? Don't, don't what if, cause the what ifs are what always gets us in trouble and then makes, makes us not, do what we should have been doing yeah. and like so yeah like I, I literally i got the position um i and then how long how long and then you've how long have you been now with um, the, the company now. you're with at the moment yeah so you got to yeah, progress quite quickly to kind of DJ, where you are now entertainment dj host dj for about a year and a half and then i um was promoted to cruise director yeah 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 i am um, congratulations yeah, I a big way that that happened is that a lot of people come in and they do their their contracts and then they um they go and they take off the whole amount of time allotted off and then they come back and it takes a minute to kind of like regain everything and for me i did the complete opposite i would do my contracts and then um fly home but put myself on the sub list and so literally like i would get home and i when the plane would land i would get a call that monday <laughs> and they would say hey we need you to go out to the blah 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 would you be willing to do this back and I to say, work. yeah just give me like three days so i can say hi to my family and i'll go back out and do you, th- do you think that's a work ethic that's been instilled instilled in you from a young age of you know being in those dance studios and companies of work ethic and always being yeah, busy yeah, and wanting and to just, just keep going? Wanting more. Like I, I literally like I found something that I love. Like as an entertainer, as a performer, you start to realize like you we're we're a different breed and we're a different type of of a person, right? Like in general, and this this industry, I felt at one with i felt like there was a whole lot of people that were just like me you know what i mean and yeah. and that's where you build like a family you know and i can say with the with the with the cruising industry it's for sure definitely something either you love or you or you hate it. there's not an in between for me or for, I, I don't know if i can speak for everyone on that but it's one of those things i don't think that you can grow to love it like you either know or you don't know or you know or you don't know yeah, I, I think it's such a, a unique place to work, right? Uh, you have this environment where you work, you live, you, you're with the same people every day and you don't, you know, necessarily always have right. the freedoms that you would have on, on land. Um, but, you know, but you're getting to do something that you love. Um, and I think, yeah, if you, if you wake up thinking this is not for me, it's, right. it's very difficult. You're away from family and friends and contact. And if I think if that seed's planted, it's very difficult then to suddenly, you know, get positive about it. So yeah, f- for me, I was always l- loved it and I couldn't wait to get back. Um, but and yeah, I it can, it too, can be by, different by experiences no means, for people. Anything in this world, like, and it's such a, it's so, it's very bold, a bold way to live. But if there's something that you wake up and you're literally like dreading going or you're like crying or, or whatever's happening that you don't want to go, or you're thinking of what excuse you could use to, to not do it, like, just don't do it. You know what I mean? Because it's not fair. I look at it this way. It's not yeah. fair to you. It's not fair to your coworkers and it's not fair to the people that you're serving. If you're not in it. Yeah. It's, I, I think you're right. I mean, it can also be difficult sometimes to sometimes make a change and get out of situations, but yeah, uh, we would hope, or I would hope if you, you are unhappy and you're wanting to change or you're listening to this and thinking you want a new uh, career and move into this, I mean, that, you know, go ahead, do it, go for it. Work out. Uh, somebody says, no, you get rejected. You keep trying again. I don't, I think we forget that we get rejected a lot, but you know what I mean? That, that, that only makes you stronger and it makes you yeah want to work hard it should make you want to work harder you want to think take it as constructive criticism oh well this maybe next time because if you really listen Mm -hmm. to what people have to say to you if they are not hiring you or they're not accepting you at that moment they're going to tell you exactly what it is that you need to do but it's up to us to listen to it 
before we move on because a lot of us want a lot of us just yeah. hit that big slap in the face like they said no that's it and you have you're angry you have an attitude but during that having finding all this energy to be mad you're not listening to what they're telling you that can help you you know like mm-hmm. yeah so key is, is right. to be receptive to to feedback right that that would do it it's a great thing and a great tool and you, it might not always be the right feedback or you and might it, agree with it but it's feedback of some sort and, and I you have to be at a great and you can always you, take like, something from that confident enough with yourself to know that you can also ask questions like there have been moments there were moments where you have given me feedback and at, i took it in and then maybe like an hour later i called you back and i was like so <laughs> you know what i mean but like before i knew that i would never ever do that but i knew like this is somebody that's in brought into my spectrum into my world that i can grow from you know what i mean like this person this yeah and i was I always think if you're giving feedback to somebody or you're receiving, it's almost, it's great because they care enough to give you feedback, whether it be what you agree with or right or wrong, they want to help you improve or they want that thing to improve. Um, And it's great. And I would hope it's, you know, reciprocal and you can have a two-way conversation and and discuss why that feedback is So that's important. And uh, just performers don't understand in general. They think, oh, they're picking on me because they're giving me this and they're giving me that. Next time, next time, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're thinking that, take a look around and see who this person is actually talking to. The people that he's, they're picking on, he or she are picking on, look at those people and see how different they are from the ones that they're not even talking to at all. You know what I mean? Like if someone has noticed you and has time to write down something about you or remember to give you a note or something, that means that you've done something that has caught their eye. That means that you are are pulling their focus, right. which is what you want to do. You want to get notes, like you want an entire note session to be about you. <laughs> like, yeah, I love notes. I'm like, give it to me, give it to me, tell me, uh, so I can get better. Well, awesome. So you've reached this uh, new stage in your your life and career now. You, you're cruise director. Uh, you know this newfound kind of different sector of the arts but you've utilized all of those skills that you've had over the years to make you successful uh, before we come to the end of our interview just have like a few more questions that i want to uh, finish out with what would you say um, as a dancer you pr- predominantly were working uh, throughout that part of your career what are the hurdles um the challenges that you really faced or people will will come up against i think how the should base, they overcome whatever dancer primarily is going to be um I'd probably say image, image for sure, because it's a, it's a, it's an industry that is starting to change a bit, but however, depending on what it is that you're going in for or what you want to do, that the, the, the body types and things are very, very specific. Right. Um, but like, take good care of yourself. So look, because, t- you know, t- take good you care, keep in mind care as of well yourself. Too, if you go and see the show or see something that you're auditioning for, keep in mind there's people that are doing it have been doing it for quite some time. So their bodies have been conditioned and their bodies have changed into that. So you can always, and just, so you always have to keep that in mind as well and know that, okay, my body's like this now, but it'll be like this when I'm done. Like, it's not one of those things like, oh, you have to hit the gym right away and go and just go crazy and starve yourself. It's not like that. Because once you start working in general, like rehearsing, all that starts to happen anyways. Like your body, it kind of, it, it goes right back to how it should be. And that's the thing with artists as well. Like we fluctuate so much um, with that. Right. Yeah. I think a good advice mm-hmm. for industry, you know, be consistent, look after yourself. Uh, you know, you've got that one tool, which is your body and your voice and who you are as an entertainer. So the more you can look after yourself, um, you know, and make sure you're healthy and all of that good stuff to, to have a long, especially as a dancer, uh, longevity uh, to be able to continue to work. Um, is anything you'd wish you'd known before you started out if someone had said to you, uh, this is what to um, expect, it would have helped you at all? It's kind of crazy, but like, no, because I, I put myself in it so early that I was, I was a, yeah, and I was like around. Yeah, you were like eight right, years right. old. And I, I was like around. Spinning around, around the other. I'd go to the, like, <laughs> the theater or the arena, and I'd be there like while they're doing maintenance on lights, or I'd be there doing like tech rehearsals of shows. And so I, I would see 
different different things and you know and kind of like absorb all those things and i don't want to say i don't want to say I, I like i knew everything but like i knew quite a bit and um i um yeah so for someone who maybe is starting late or hasn't you know had the experience that you could start so late uh, late what would you say then my final question would be to what advice will you give them uh, in entering the entertaining I would say you could heart sum it up in a few few words and don't let anyone else inspire your decision or or have an effect on your decision or choices um I don't want to say like do your research because you're already been you've been doing your research you don't realize it but you are. I would I would definitely get involved. Don't be afraid to talk to people. If you see a show, hang out at the stage door or or you know message somebody on Instagram or Facebook or it's okay to it's okay you know what I mean. Just explain who you are, but you have to reach out there because so many people are willing to talk and willing to help. Um, yeah, and like Darren said, yeah, he mentioned make, he's make connections. Um, once you get in this industry, you can literally do anything because with what we do, you you have a tool that you could constantly, constantly share your knowledge with people. Like as far as with teaching, you know, I, I can always fall back on teaching. If I need to go and teach, I can judge competitions because of my resume. Um, so there's just like, there's all different kinds of different sectors and things that, that are available to you as an entertainer. Um, but follow your heart, follow, follow that. Um, you know, people are going to say to you all the time, you know, well, why don't you get a real job? You know, my grandma said that to me all the time. Why don't you get a real job? And then, <laughs> you know, then once things start to happen, she started to realize, you know, everything that he says he wants to do, he does. And, you know, like, and I just follow my heart. And just if you do that, nobody or nothing, nothing can get in your way. Um, it's going to get tough. It'll get tough for sure. But you know what? You have you have support systems there for you that'll help you. Yeah. 100 percent. it's funny we're actually uh the question that i've been asking a lot of my uh, uh interviews on this podcast series mm. is about the myth of being in entertainment being a real career um so you just touched on that but on my other episodes you'll you'll hear other people's views that you know you can have a great long career and successful career uh within the arts uh specifically for dancers if they're listening and they're they want to start out in the the industry and get some training quickly just tell me where can they look and where can they research uh, courses and what the best dance schools, uh, whatever, just, where can uh, they find that information? Where you are, I would just go and take, just take open classes. Like if you're in the city or if you're in LA, there's, uh, there's tons of different studios. Like in, in New York, there's, there's like steps in Broadway dance center, um, LA, there's millennium. There's so, there's so many studios in LA. Um, and right now, a lot of people are doing virtual classes as well online, so you can just learn combos like in your living room. But um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I I tried remodel, that. Remodel I a smash bit. a few things but, up in my. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just constantly take class. Train, yeah, push yourself. Yeah, take a look. There's so many resources and classes out there right now. Um, and then, should you want to get further information, I'm sure those studios and that can give you and, and steer you in the right direction. Ryan, specifically uh, for somebody wanting to be uh, become a cruise director, and I'm, I've done kind of the transition from uh, being a, a Broadway performer to now a cruise director. Uh, what's your best advice develop, for them uh, for that? Develop your, your a brand. A brand is who you are. That's just really solidifying who you are as an individual. Um, you can take different things from what you've learned throughout your career or that really, I think what, who I am, um, is that person that is in the morning getting ready in front of the mirror or that person that's being silly, like getting dressed or, you know what I mean? Like I finally gotten to the point to just embrace, I always say embrace your crazy because like, I think once you can accept that, like, because we know as entertainers and performers that we're kind of like a little off a little kind of you know so but once you <laughs> i think once you i don't know what you, you mean embrace that and you love yourself <laughs> i don't think that anything else anything can possibly get in your way and once you let that person come out i think that's when you um have become it and i, I don't want to say like oh you've made it because i don't think anybody's made it i think people are still continuing to grow each and every single day um so but just to follow your follow you follow yeah. you be you don't be Awesome. 
follow you and i would say you know as somebody who gets to manage cruise directors and stuff if you are thinking of you know making a transition like say really work on that brand and and you know you're the face of that ship and you you suddenly work on your hosting and interpersonal skills and all of that and you'll for sure be able to use all of that experience that you've had uh, in the other part of the industry to to transfer so yeah Brian, it's been absolutely amazing yep. listening to your story. I think we could probably sit here for hours and hours um, and you could give us all those details, which is fantastic. So hopefully down the line, we'll be able to reconnect and talk about uh, some more of those shows. And I know you mentioned that you've been in Wicked as well, uh, one of my favorite shows. Um, I will be posting all of Ryan's platforms that you'll be able to follow him and look at his work and reach out to him. And I know for sure if you do have any questions from stuff that he's been speaking about today, I know he'll be more than and happy for you to reach out to him um so ryan all i can say is thank you so much for being on industry insights it's been awesome and i thank you really for hope me. that i get to see but you honestly, very very soon a pleasure and i know that we'll see each other soon for sure all right take care Bye. absolutely will you take care ryan i'll speak to you soon thanks again for joining me on industry insights with dpds it's been a pleasure having you we will see you next week for our next episode where i'll be interviewing more entertainment industry professionals sharing their stories until then you can follow me on instagram facebook and all the links will be provided in this podcast until then enjoy your morning afternoon or evening and most of all stay safe